From Brandeis University, welcome to Recall This Book, where we assemble scholars and writers from different disciplines to make sense of contemporary issues, problems, and events. I'm John Plotz, and my guest today is the brilliant comic novelist, author of Object of My Affection, Insignificant Others, and most recently, My Ex-Life, my colleague Steve McCauley, joining us on RTB for the second time. So this is another installment of our Books in Dark Times series. It's actually the conversation that inspired the whole series, which, as you probably by now know, takes its starting point in Hannah Arendt's Men in Dark Times, which proposes that, quote, even in the darkest of times, we have the right to expect some illumination, when such illumination may well come less from theories and concepts than from the uncertain, flickering, and often weak light that some men and women in their lives and their works, and we'll say here, and in their books, will kindle under almost all circumstances and shed over the time span that was given them on Earth. So at this dark moment, we really want to know what brings people like Steve, and also like you, dear listener, comfort or joy. So draw up a chair and listen, and then send us your own thoughts about books for comfort or for joy at this moment. So Steve, you said the idea for this conversation, which I think is a great way to organize it, is like what you're reading now that gives you comfort or gives you joy. Is that right? Yeah, and I think you should talk to a bunch of people and find out what they're reading. I, I they're should, reading. Yeah. but but you are a bunch of people. You contain multitudes. So yeah. Um, well, for me, you know, I I mean, because because okay, like to be honest, I guess it was about a week ago. I was kind of going about living my normal life, and then it suddenly hit me that like this was something was happening that was very. Yeah. Learning, you know, and yeah. it was going to disrupt the the flow of, of what I was expecting my months ahead or weeks ahead, and yes. like, and um, and I've been extremely anxious since, yeah. and so you know what I've been trying to do is just think about like, well, what is there in this period of isolation and anxiety, and when um, that that I can do that is different from what I would ordinarily do that might give me some pleasure. And earlier in the winter, I began reading Little Dora. And I'm not even sure why I began reading Little Dora. Yeah. But, you know, I honestly thought that I had had lost my ability to read Dickens because, you know, it requires a certain kind of patience and yeah. care um, in reading it. And so I was just so thrilled. Wait, so wait, Steve, can you say more about that? Because I think of Dickens as so, um, you know, delightfully verbose and sort of bumbling. So I sort of think of him as like watching a show where you always know there's going to be another episode where you can catch up. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like reading, um, you know, poetry by W.S. Merwin or something where I'm hanging on every but word it, exactly but it doesn't feel like reading trollope either you know right. which, which is very straightforward right uh, and so while dickens is you know i mean is kind of the ultimate in accessibility yeah in many respects um at the same time as you point out it is verbose and yeah. it just requires a different i mean to me the real pleasure of dickens i mean despite these elaborate plots and despite all of that um, that's not the pleasure of reading Dickens. For me, yeah. the pleasure is really sentence to sentence yeah. and the elaborate descriptions and these brilliant characters that keep recurring with their right. uh, very predictable traits, you know, that, that, that continue on through 800 pages. And, and so right. in that respect, I don't know, I, 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 I 
I'm worried that I was not going to be able to read Dickens anymore yeah. because I don't have the you know concentration and attention span and so on. And I was so thrilled, and it was like the the best reading experience that I've had, you know, probably in like two years. Was reading yeah, that's uh, great. So, do you think do you think this is a moment where suddenly we actually want more of our bandwidth to be filled when we read? Because I, that sort of resonates with my experience reading Wolf Hall, which like, uh-huh. I, I know, I don't think you're a fan of hers actually, are you? Or um, I mean, I haven't read her, so. <laughs> you haven't? <laughs> I yeah, that really, I, I, I get, yeah, yeah. I just I mean, understand that you're, you're just, you're too good for certain of my pleasures, but Wolf Hall is one of my real pleasures. And it's like, and I thought that I was gonna be, yeah, I thought it was gonna be too thick for me basically. And instead, I feel like the thickness of it is exactly what I want. Like, I want to be stuck inside a paragraph that I know I have to attend to really carefully, because if I don't uh-huh. attend to it carefully, then who he is in this paragraph is going to elude me. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so you want that forced concentration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't normally necessarily want to work when I'm reading, but this at this moment, I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I find, I, I think that I'm, I'm both, you know, especially distracted right now because yeah. of everything that's going on. Yeah. And also especially eager to escape those distractions. Yeah. Because right. I don't really want to watch yet another video of someone talking about their early symptoms of right. coronavirus. Oh my God, um, Steve. Wow. You're so much more serious than like the video that I watched this morning was the two penguins in the Chicago zoo that got to explore the aquarium. I mean, in the aquarium, I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Lucky penguins, you know? Well, uh, see, you're having a better, you're having a better, you know, COVID-19. <laughs> no, I'm just fiddling, I'm just <laughs> fiddling while the entire freaking world burns, you know? But I, yeah. but I enjoy my, I'm fiddling with penguins. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure that, you know, like sinking into, because now I'm reading um, The Last Chronicle of Barset. And no. um, which I haven't read before, I've, although I've tried to read it before. Yeah. I'm finding that it's just giving me some of that same pleasure of oh, like, dude. leaving a world oh, dude. I don't particularly want to be in at this oh, moment. Yeah. And entering it completely. And I think what it is is that these worlds are so fully r- realized, you know, by yeah. the writers and imagined in such a thorough way that you really do feel as if you're entering into a different um sphere of experience almost um, yeah but that one is so amazing because the the structure of it um wait how far into it are you it, not very i mean yeah. but you, have you gotten to the check yet or oh yeah yeah okay so that's actually the first page oh, I mean, wait, <laughs> oh okay good so the structure of it just for people who haven't read it lately it's all about somebody who seems to have forged a check or passed a bad check and right. did he or didn't he you know right who and the was involved? Like, is there a cover-up? Like, that actually creates this element of serious sort of procedural suspense throughout. So right. it's kind of weird because you're vibrating with the plot at the same time as I totally agree with you. You're immersed in the delights of that world. But yeah, I mean, it's so masterful because you, the the kind of, I was going to say dialectic, but the, at least the kind of bi- back and forth between the kind of the the real anxiety around, oh my God, is he going to jail? Yeah. Versus the quality of discovery of this world. It somehow keeps you in both places at once. 
Yeah, well, I mean, Little Dorrit, like most of the novel, probably in terms of page length, um, page numbers, is it takes place in debtor's prison in yeah. a, you know in a very uh, unfortunate situation, yeah. but nonetheless, it is it's so wonderfully immersive that yeah. uh, that that's what I came away with. Yeah. Really. Okay. So that's so Little Dorrit has been amazingly satisfying to you. What about what else? What other what other sorts of books do you think provide similar? Well, you know, um, I just reviewed this book for the Times Book Review that I can't yeah. mention because it probably won't come out for a couple of months and they hate it if you say anything. Um, but it is, it, I think we might agree that it is um, a comic novel um, mm. in a way. Um, and it's very delightful and it's very well written and it's very well done. Um, and as this particular moment kind of got deeper and more serious, um, I found myself thinking, oh, you know, these characters don't know what's about to hit them, sort of, right. you know, of course it, it wasn't. And even though I found that um, admirably distracting and uplifting in many ways, um, because it takes place in our world right now, uh, yeah. you know, of this kind of, you know, 2020 for all I know, um, yeah. that it, it, it just didn't have the same um, feeling of satisfaction for me. Oh, that's really interesting. Really yeah. Taking me out of. Well, so I was actually going to ask way. you that about like older books. I mean, Dangerous Liaisons. I don't know. Yeah. Like I read Moby Dick this summer and completely, completely loved it. So do uh -huh. you find, do you find going way back? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm finding right now. And yeah. I think that, you know, really for the past couple of years, just because related to meeting a lot of writers on book tour and wanting to read their work, I've been mostly reading contemporary yeah. um, novels. And yeah. so it's been nice to have this um, experience of just, you know, going back a little bit. Um, I'm also reading right now, um, Brideshead Revisited, uh, which is a different kind of thing because um, I feel like, you know, it, reading it is almost like nostalgia for that oh. period of my life when the oh, yeah. masterpiece theater thing was on TV. Oh my God. Oh, you really, you know, I really want to read it now because I was going to ask you about P.G. Woodhouse actually, but, um, but Walt... I can't get into him. I've never really? been able to read, I've never been able no. to read him. And some really? friends of mine are, th are saying, you know, you've got to read him. He's brilliant. He's I totally brilliant. I yeah. know he's brilliant, but there's just something. I think maybe I've read the, the only thing I've tried are the Jeeves novels. And yeah. there's something about that whole class satire that I just, I, it just doesn't interest me somehow. Wow. Yeah, I'm wow. sorry. No, no, it's okay. I mean, yeah. uh, I get it. You're, uh, yeah. There's another series that my friends said, you know, you should read those. Um, do you know what, which one that is? It's uh, the Lucien Map books. No, no, no. Oh, oh that, I love those. I love those. You do? I love those. Oh my, oh God. my God. And yet you don't like Woodhouse? Dude, I think Woodhouse is like 10 times the, 10 times better. I love it. But, but you, you're having an mm -hmm. adverse reaction to it. So you like the Bensonhurst book. So what's his name? Well, ben? okay. Yeah. E.F. Benson. E.F. Benson. Benson. E.F. Benson. E. Benson. Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, so there's something very arch and ironic and campy about those yes. books. I mean, very dare campy. I say that yeah. one not 
be surprised to find out that E.F. E. Benson was homosexual. You know, uh -huh. I, I wasn't yeah. surprised to hear it as a gay yeah. person. And um, maybe there's something in that sensibility that I'm connecting with a little yeah. bit more than the, than the Woodhouse one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is yeah. a little more, yeah. I mean, it's not frat boy. I don't mean that, but there's a little bit more of that maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a inside the beltway of that kind of English ruling class, I guess. So I do feel like it's always, I mean, there's, it's more than just a pinprick that he's using to bring them down. I mean, yeah. I feel like it is genuinely satirical rather than just kind of, you know, it's not just, you know, it's not just gently ribbing those characters. It is actually kind of yeah. dissecting them. But, yeah, I, but I, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to like to, to say anything against him because I, I honestly feel as if I haven't read enough to, ha to even have an opinion. All I can say is that, you know, I've tried a couple of novels, I don't even remember which ones. Yeah. And I just, I, I wasn't that engaged by the humor or, um, you know, by the milieu, so. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, anyway. Hey, if we're talking about, um, I'm just looking around at my books as we're talking. Have, yeah. uh, we've talked about Ronald Furbank, so I'm gonna pass on Ronald Furbank, but yeah. I was gonna ask you about um, Christina Stead. Oh, what do you think of her? Um, difficult I, genius. Yeah, House of All Nations. I actually like much more than The Man Who Loved Children. Really, I should try yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I find The Man Who Loved Children just. I mean, difficult genius is fair, but also there's an element of kind of, um, sort of shardy, jagged chilliness that. Yes. Reminds cool. me of Joan Didion in ways mm -hmm. that I sort of respect Didion, but I can't really stick with her, you know? Right. So, yeah. I can stick with Didion. You but... can. I can stick. I can mostly stick with Didion. You know what I, what happened with Didion is I think she's great. I just kind of overdosed on her because I read them all at once. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But, That's very challenging. Well, I dived into her and I was so in love. I think it was when I was living out in San Francisco right out of college and I dived into slouching towards Bethlehem and uh -huh. just thought, oh Jesus, this woman is just an insane genius. Yeah, and Democracy I thought was really great. I love Democracy. Isn't yeah. it great? It's... I love that novel. It's, I mean, yeah. you know, I, there, there are just so many scenes and passages from that that just have, you know, stayed with me and I pull it off the shelf every once in a while and read. Oh, I should, I should really go back to that. Okay, good. I'm writing down, I'm writing, okay, Waugh and Didion, you've totally persuaded me. Yeah. But you know, I taught, um, uh, Play It As It Lays once. Yeah. And I think that was a mistake. You know? Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I felt like students were very put off by it and, you know, there's something about the passivity of that character that yeah. uh, is problematic, I think, in the current state of affairs. I see. Know, the world, yeah. Uh, that yeah. really was, was not, people were not connecting with. So um, that's really. And, and in fact, I, I think, you know, if I had really thought it through, I probably wouldn't. wouldn't well, you like. I think that one of the types of novel that you like that I really appreciate you've opened my eyes to, like I'm, an example would be that, um, is it called Cassandra at the Wedding? The Dorothy Baker, is that her name? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that's an amazing book. It's an amazing book. But I feel like what you like is people who, you, you have a taste for novels where people find themselves in a really rough situation, but it's not a situation that can just be kind of 
adventured out of, you know, like you can't just solve it. You know, I, I have sort of a sweet spot for, I don't know, almost a kind of Robert Louis Stevenson or Joseph Conrad plot where, I mean, oh, yeah. it might be messy or awful, but like there's something that can happen that can change things. But I right. think you really like novels where people just find themselves you know, at the, what do they call that with a clutch? Like at the contact point where it's just kind of. Uh -huh. Like you there. can't even suicide won't solve your problem. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like that um, really amazing novel you just recommended to me about the woman with the impossible French boyfriend. Uh, what? Uh, oh, after Claude. Yeah. After Claude. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah it's just like. She has to join a cult, and even that doesn't help her. Right. <laughs> right. She gets abandoned. She, she's she gets abandoned by the cult, even. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Forgot that. That's how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, but there's something that about like you you need to kind of fetishistically invent an escape, and even that escape won't do it because you're still stuck with yourself. Right. Um, okay. Uh, um, Patricia Highsmith. Any yes. comments there? Uh, in reading her in this moment. Yeah. Hmm. I always think of her as being, you know, s her characters are so dastardly and yes. somehow pathetic at the same yes. time. They um, are. That's which so, I guess, such a good point. Which like I you guess would think is... If you were going to be that... Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Well, you'd think if you were going to be that dastardly, at least you shouldn't be pathetic. Like, at least you should get the pleasure of being a, you know... Like at least you should get the pointy mustache and the cape and the right old cigarette case, but no, they managed to be dastardly and yet consumed by sordid misery at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's what makes them so much more interesting. Um, yeah, because I went to a reading the other day of someone who was sort of writing in what sounds like I haven't read it. But it sounds like an updated um, um, Ripley, you know, uh -huh. kind of kind of situation. But it sounds like there was just so much self-awareness on the part of the um, of the character, you know, the the sensible right. Ripley character, that it made it a little less interesting. Um, right. Yeah. I, I felt like in the movie, in the movie, the the um, uh, you know Matt Damon Ripley movie, uh, mm -hmm. that once the sexuality came to the surface and it was yeah. acknowledged. To me, the whole thing kind of fell apart because it it just was not that it was no longer that interesting or that um, comprehensible in mm. to me that it that it's almost needs to be submerged and twisted and tormented and all of that um, to really be effective. So huh. that's interesting because I remember actually really enjoying that movie. It's been a while since I saw it, but I thought great scene. I just thought it was jealous. I thought what it brought out was this set, this mixture, like how much jealousy is involved in desire anyway, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I get your point about the, you know, the notion of the unspeakable or the unsayable as being what powers things. But, but I feel like, yeah, there's something about the element of aggression or hostility that can be in a lot of forms of desire or romantic attachment. Um, mm -hmm. or friendship even, I guess. Yeah. She I just, just feel like it, it's sort of like, you know, it has more, it has more power in a way when it's, when it's kind of, it's like the, you know, that hurricane before it hits land or something. Yeah. You know, like churning up all that water out there and, you know, right. sucking it up into the cyclone and then 
and then you know um, right right i get that yeah but i also but you know what can i say i'm like a victorian novel person i kind of like this i kind of like novels where ultimately everything gets surfaced and then you play with the implications like you know one of the things i love about middlemarch is like oh looks like dorothea is heading into a terrible marriage like could she really marry that old guy kasabin oh it's page 43 and she did let's see what happens (laughs) you know like it i really appreciate that um yeah i mean like you know you could you could i don't know you can spend a lot of time like guessing at the hovering coy silences and then sometimes it becomes really interesting to just head into the storm and see what happens after the yeah. is spoken all right so steve a final final word a recommendation for another novel that you haven't gone back to for a while but you think is amazing and you want to get back to you know what i'm 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 thinking about rereading the eye of the storm by patrick white Oh, um, and Patrick White is, have you ever read him? I have tried to read him like a kangaroo. I think I couldn't get into it. Yeah. Kangaroo. Isn't that right? That's D.H. Have... Lawrence. Oh, okay. Well, hang on. I'm going to look up the actual um, name, but sorry. I have never been able to get into Patrick White. So tell me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the eye of the storm for me is, is the, the best one and it's the one to read. Yeah. I just think he's a, he's such an interesting writer and there's something about this slow way that that novel evolves and the structure of it with this you know the this long scene it smack in the middle of the novel in Mm. which the main character is caught in the eye of the storm and the revelations and it's just it's Mm. really uh, powerful and beautiful and very funny in a nasty way well steve thank you so much this is really hilarious and excellent conversation. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Recall This Book. Recall This Book is hosted by John Plotz and Elizabeth Ferry with music by Eric Chaslow and Barbara Cassidy. Sound editing is by Claire Ogden, website design and social media by Kaliska Ross. We always want to hear from you with your comments, criticisms, or suggestions for future episodes. We would love to hear your thoughts about uh, books to console you during this time. And finally, if you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to write a review or rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You may well be interested in our earlier conversation about the comic novel with Steve McCauley, and as well as in-focus conversations with writers uh, such as Zadie Smith, Samuel Delaney, and uh, the filmmaker Mike Lee. Uh, So from all of us here at Recall's Book, thanks for listening. Thank you.